Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. What's up, everybody, on this Sunday night? A little bit early, just a little bit early, but I'm glad that you are with me. And it's a really simple night. If you listen to Friday's radio show, you heard this already, my ballot for the all-SEC, or not all-SEC, I'm not doing that with you, just the predicted order of finish where I think that uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and the rest of the SEC are going to end up my predicted order of finished ballot. This is the exact ballot I submitted at SEC Media Day. So we are going to go through it together. Who I think is going to finish first through seventh in the East and West and win the SEC this year. My name is, of course, Michael Borky. Don't forget, while you're here, to subscribe to the channel if you have not already and like the video as well. That would help me a ton. Also, follow on Twitter and on Facebook, whichever you use we're live on youtube and facebook right now thought about doing twitter as well maybe we'll add that into the rotation but either way glad you guys are with me thank you so much for being a part on this really warm summer night i had a couple of dates that i put out there this is going to be an everyday thing now on the uh, on the radio show's twitter account i'm going to count down every single one of these every day it's going to be the first thing i put on twitter every day numbers to make your day. Here are today's for what it's worth to you. Three days, just three days, guys, until the Saints begin training camp. 11 days, that's right. This is the last week. This week is the last week without real live tackle football on your television. This is the last week where you have to go without it. Next week, the Hall of Fame game is here 12 days until the start of training camp for Mississippi State. Spread the word, by the way. What We're making this a thing. Spread the word. Spread the word. It is not fall camp. We call it training camp in the NFL. That's the right call. It is training camp. It is not fall camp because, damn it, it does not happen in the fall. It happens in the summer. It is training camp. Anyway, Mississippi State's training camp begins 12 days from today, if Brian Haydad is right. 
Uh, Google turned up no results. I have no idea when Ole Miss starts. I assume it's at or around that exact day. But either way, 12 days until at least Mississippi State begins training camp. 34 days until week zero. Vanderbilt at Hawaii. There's a few other games as well, I believe, right? It's uh, Nebraska and Northwestern, right? Isn't that uh, the other week zero game? That's in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, I said on Friday's radio show that if we're trying to uh, present a good image to the rest of the world and, and like build up foreign relations, sending those two teams to play in a foreign country is going to make the rest of the world hate us. Like we should have sent somebody else besides Nebraska and Northwestern. Uh, but yeah, that is 34 days away, I believe. 34 days away. Craig, golf does not need to be 12 holes. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? 18 is perfect. You're crazy. You can play 12. Just skip a few. You're, you're being Brooks Kepka right now. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate you. Yeah, it's uh, Vanderbilt, Hawaii, which is 930, by the way, 34 days from today, 930 at night. If you want to be up like me and be a college football sicko, you can. Uh, yeah, Nebraska Northwestern that day on Fox, for what it's worth. That's 34 days away. 39 days away until week one gets started in earnest. That's the Thursday night. Uh, who's playing that night? Anybody good? Thursday, September 1st. That's when Tennessee gets started. You've got the backyard brawl, West Virginia, Pittsburgh. That's 39 days away. Who else? Anybody good? Penn State's at Purdue that night. That's something. Uh, 41 days away until your favorite teams kick off on that Saturday. And 46 days until the NFL gets started. So hopefully those numbers made your day. They made my day. I'm going to put that out on our radio show's Twitter account every single day from here on out. But let's get to why you're here. Again, you're all SEC ballot. This is what I did. Not all SEC. Again, the order of finish ballot, not the all SEC ballot. The order of finish ballot uh, right here. I will start with the East. We'll go through the East quicker than the West, but I'm going to tell you where I ranked these teams and why I ranked these teams. In the East, starting with number one, Georgia. Uh, well, duh. Obviously, uh, Georgia is going to win the East. Number two, I really don't love my selection for number two. If we're being honest, I, I don't love this at all. But quite frankly, I think the East is Georgia, a massive cliff, and then a bunch of teams that I think will be able to all beat each other. Um, so my order is Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina in that order. I don't love it. And I, I, I like Kentucky. I, I like what Mark Stoops has done. I like Will Levis. I like their running game. I like their defense. But when you look at Kentucky's schedule, they've got potential losses. I mean, three really difficult games. They go to Florida in week two. You guys know they go to Ole Miss. They go to Tennessee. Hell, they go to Missouri. I don't think Missouri is going to be particularly good, but that's a sneaky, not an easy road game. Uh, so I think Kentucky, despite me picking them second in the East, has potential with Georgia also on the schedule. Uh, I mean, they, they have a potential for, for five losses here. I mean, I can certainly find them. I can find them right now. Florida, Old Miss, Tennessee, Georgia, maybe Mississippi State or South Carolina at home. I mean, th that's an easy five that I can get to with Kentucky. I don't think they're going to lose five games. Uh, but I'm just saying the schedule sets up for them in a uh, in a way that can be conducive to them being a disappointment. But they are my number two. 
Tennessee is my number three for what it's worth. Hendon Hooker was my second team All-SEC quarterback. I, I know State fans per, didn't particularly um, uh, agree with that, and that's okay. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Hendon Hooker. I, I love his upside. I love his talent. He, he seems like a, a really good kid on top of it all. But I expect him to put up crazy points in yards and then offense this year. But Tennessee's another team, uh, despite me picking them third in the East, you can look at their schedule and say there's a bunch of losses, possible losses on here. Their road schedule is actually pretty tough. They have to go to Pittsburgh in week two. Remember, that's a Pitt team that beat them one year ago. No Kenny Pickett, but Keaton Slovis is the quarterback now at Pittsburgh. Uh, that roster, a lot of guys back for Pittsburgh. That's not going to be an easy road game for Tennessee. They have to go to LSU. They have to go to Georgia, and they have to go to South Carolina. Think about that. They go to Pittsburgh. They go to LSU. They go to Georgia, and they go to South Carolina. Those are not easy at all uh, for uh, road games for them. They also have Alabama at home, which I would just consider a schedule. Or excuse me, they they yeah they have Alabama at home, but that still is a a schedule loss in my opinion. I like Hinton Hooker. I like the offense. I just I don't know enough about who's behind them to put anybody behind them ahead of them. Again, I think it's a hodgepodge, really. From two to five, those four teams in the SEC East, I think they will all kind of eat their own. They will all beat each other up and be just as good as the other almost in the East. Uh, I've got Florida at four. I, I think seven and zero oh out of the gate is, now hear me, is possible. I don't think that's going to happen. But when you look at the schedule, I think Florida going seven and zero oh out of the gate is actually not out of the realm of possibility as long as, um, things acclimate well with Billy Napier, who you know is a great coach already. You've seen it at Louisiana. You know that he can coach ball. Uh, but Utah at home, Kentucky at home, so they will have more athletes, better athletes than Utah, and the environment, not just the crowd, but the weather, is going to be a bit of a shock to Utah. So they have them in week one, Kentucky at home in week two, which is a program they have incredible success against, USF. Tennessee's going to be tough, but they go to Tennessee, Eastern Washington, Missouri, and LSU at home. I'm not saying they're going 7-0, but it is entirely within the realm of possibility that Florida is a team that shoots up the rankings and suddenly becomes uh, a pseudo-contender until they play Georgia after the bye week. So I have them at fourth, but I would not be surprised at all if Florida came flying out of the gate considering their schedule, how it sets up for them. And I do think they have really good athletes, and I think Anthony Richardson has the potential of being a great quarterback. That's all he's got. That's all we know that he has right now, but he's got that potential. Uh, South Carolina, I have at five kind of by default. They're going to play hard. Uh, they're significantly more talented at quarterback. They're going to have a tough time out of the gate, though. They have to go to Arkansas in week two. Uh, they have Georgia at home. They have to go to Kentucky. They always play Texas A&M uh, from the SEC West, but this time it, it is in Columbia for what it's worth. But um, I, I don't think the roster for South Carolina is ready yet to be anything better than than this. You know, Rattler's talented, but I haven't seen anything other than flashes and mostly uh, underachievement despite his re recruiting ranking and the way people think of him. So I, I like Shane Beamer. I, I think they'll play hard. They'll be in it mostly every week. But I don't think the talent is uh, is there 
quite yet. And then Missouri and Vanderbilt to uh, to end that. Uh, Missouri and Vanderbilt to end the SEC East. On the flip side, uh, Alabama, I have number one in the West because, well, duh. Uh, I hate my number two. I, I hated it when I submitted it. And I still hate it today, and I regret it. But I, I don't know. I just don't know what else to do. I hate Texas A and M at second in the SEC, but that's where I put Texas A and M at second in the SEC. They, they should get out of the gate, probably four and zero. Although Miami's going to be a bit of a test for them in Week Three in College Station. But it's Sam Houston, App State, Miami, Arkansas, all at home, all at home. There is a trap game on this schedule. There is a trap game on this schedule, and it is in Starkville on October 1st. I am I I when the schedules and all that came out, I pointed to that right away. When the Saban Jimbo feud happened, I remember talking about it with you guys and on the radio show. Texas AM is at Alabama the week after they're in Starkville. That is a classic look ahead spot. That is, that's got up. I mean, Texas A&M is going to come into that game, I would guess, around a 10-point favorite, 7-10-point to 10-point favorite, if they are, in fact, undefeated, which I think they will be. They've got that neutral site with Arkansas, but I think they're better than Arkansas, I think. I don't know. But if they go into that game undefeated, they'll be somewhere as a 10-or-so-point favorite. And I'm telling you, if the Texas A&M Mississippi State thing and Ole Miss to a slightly lesser degree has been so funny because I mean you know how it works right that they've got all this money and they've got this big beautiful stadium and all this stuff and yet they can't beat these poor old Mississippi schools that might be a hilarious first loss for Texas a I mean that's what it would be I would cackle I, I watch my games. I've got two TVs right here. I watch my games on that futon right there. I will be sitting there laughing the entire time Mississippi State beats Texas the, the whole game when Mississippi State beats, beats Texas A&M in, uh, on October 1st. But there's, I mean, possible losses here at Mississippi State. Absolutely, that's a game that they can lose. Ask me how I know. They can lose the Arkansas game. At South Carolina is going to be tough for them. Old Miss has been tough on them lately. Don't sleep on Auburn. They, they've got to play LSU at the end of the year. People are, are, are thinking that this AM team is ready to compete like on a national level. I don't think they're there yet for a couple of reasons, mostly centered around quarterback and scheme. So I hate it. It's there. I hate it, but it is there. Arkansas, I have third in the West. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they disappoint. Uh, I really like Sam Pittman. I saw a comment about that. I'll, I'll explain why in a little bit. I really like Sam Pittman a lot. Uh, I like K.J. Jefferson. Uh, I think he's tough, and, and he's got talent, and, and he's a good quarterback. But Arkansas did themselves absolutely no favors uh, with this schedule. I mean, having to go to BYU after they're in Starkville, that's not going to be easy. Roll your eyes if you want to. I did uh, an interview spot uh, with somebody 
in Atlanta, and I said that. I said, don't be surprised if Arkansas goes to Provo and has their hands full. And the guy rolled his eyes. He's like, no, come on. Okay, if that's what you think about BYU, go look at what they did last year. Were any of those teams from the SEC? No, they weren't. But look at what BYU did last year to every Power 5 team that they played. You're telling me at home a week after they're in Starkville that that Arkansas doesn't have their hands full in Provo? I think you're wrong. Uh, They have to go to Auburn. I do not think that that at all is an easy road test for anybody. There's a chance that the the darling that is Arkansas – disappoints a little bit they they scheduled tough and i credit them for that but that could come back to to bite them as well uh fourth i have old miss old miss at four in the sec west uh one spot ahead of mississippi state and here's my rationale for that here's my rationale for that because if you're a state fan and you think that's uh that's wrong quite simply it's the schedule Every schedule advantage this year for these two teams favors Ole Miss. Quite simply, uh, I think both teams will win all four of their non-conference games with relative ease. So that's a wash. But they both play Kentucky from the east. Kentucky goes to Oxford. Mississippi State has to go to Lexington. Advantage Ole Miss. Ole Miss has a schedule win in Vanderbilt. They also, I mean, that's one of their road games. So they get a road game where three-fourths of the stadium will be wearing red against Vanderbilt, which should be a schedule win. If it's not, then they're in all kinds of trouble. Mississippi State has to play Georgia. The Egg Bowl is at home. So when you look at the schedule, if these teams are exactly equal, if they are exactly equal football teams, even if they're not, even if Mississippi State is better, than Ole Miss, the schedules, the way they work out, favor Ole Miss pretty dramatically more so than State. So that's why I put Ole Miss uh, at four. I think the schedule, despite so many questions about this team, the schedule just just hands them wins. A road game at Georgia Tech, a road game at Vanderbilt, a winnable home game with Kentucky, a winnable home game with Auburn. The Egg Bowl is at home that's the the schedule for Ole Miss this year. Uh, I mean, you you can get to seven without even thinking because of how it shapes up and who is on it. Not so much the same for uh, Mississippi State. Not so much the same there. Their schedule is just simply tougher. But for State at five, I do think that they're going to be uh, your more advanced Mike Leach team in the sense of you don't want to play them. Uh, despite me having Mississippi State at five, I would not be surprised if this is an eight-win football team. I mean, there are some people that think that they can get to nine. That That's a little ambitious for my taste, but but I can see that for sure. I mean, they're so experienced. They have to get better on the offensive line. But something I noticed uh, in Atlanta was the amount of sleeping that people are doing on Mississippi State's defense. There are a lot of people on both defenses, really, but there are a lot of people sleeping on Mississippi State's defense. Everybody talks about Mike Leach and the quirkiness and the offense. The the only time that I heard anybody talk about Mississippi State was Cole Kublik, who said they're they're going to be good defensively. They are good. I like Zach Arnett. 
but he said he wishes that he would chill out a little bit on how aggressive he is, if he would just kind of dial it back a little bit. But otherwise, nobody was even really talking about them on that side of the ball. I mean, the entire front six and the uh, 3-3 scheme basically is back. Mississippi State has a, a handful of guys in the front six that could be all SEC caliber guys by the time the season is over. People, I guess including myself, are sleeping on this Mississippi State defense. I just hate the schedule. I hate that they have to to play Georgia. I hate that that they have to go to Old Miss. I hate that they have to go to Kentucky. Um, they do get LSU at, at a good spot, though. I would much rather play LSU early uh, than than later. So they do get LSU, even though it's on the road in, in a really good spot. Um, if you think this state team is going to lay down for anybody, I, I think you're wrong. I just hate the schedule uh, for whatever that's worth. For six, I have LSU. I think they're going to be very talented. I think in time, Brian Kelly is going to, to have a, a football team that is nationally competitive rather quickly. I don't think they're ready yet. I, I don't like any of their options at quarterback to this point. I, I simply don't think they're ready yet. I would not at all be surprised if they lost in week one uh, to Florida State, and I mean, he even lost at Auburn, who I have at seven, which I, I'm not, you know, I'm not crazy here when I say this. At least I don't think I am. But I think Auburn could be 5-0 and oh going to Athens. I think they could. I think they're the more talented football team than every team they play going into Athens. I think. And they get them all at home. Mercer, San Jose State, Penn State. I know Sean Clifford, all that stuff. He's back. Auburn, to me, I think is a more talented team than Penn State. Missouri, and then this one kind of throws a wrench into my take, LSU. But I think... I think that Auburn can be 5-0 and when they go to Athens and then things fall off the rails. They'll lose to Georgia, they'll lose to Ole Miss, they'll lose in Starkville, and then suddenly things will, will kind of fall off from there. But I would not at all be surprised if Auburn finds their way in the top 25 early this season. They, you, think, you might think I'm crazy. I don't think I am. I mean, week three, when they're 2-0 and hosting Penn State, Jordan-Hare is going to be an absolute freaking madhouse for that game. And I think they're the more athletic, more talented team. And I do think Brian Harson's a good coach, and he is just not um, – has not been given the appropriate due at Auburn, obviously. You guys know all that by now. But I, I do think that uh, there is a good football coach there, and – Talent will win out in those first five weeks, and then things fall off the rails. So there you go. Again, from the East, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, Missouri, Vanderbilt, in the West, Alabama, A&M, Arkansas, Old Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, and Auburn. So let's see what you guys have to say. Evening, Brown Eddie. Glad that you are with me. Appreciate you. How many picks will I be giving each week? It depends, honestly. I think um, I'll, I'll just kind of look at the slate. And and determine it from there. I, I'm not going to do like a six pack unless somebody wants to sponsor that, which I will be calling you this week. Um, if somebody wants to sponsor that, then they can. I, I think it's going to be more of just uh, I'll pick and choose what I like on a uh, on a weekly basis. What's up, Garrett? Glad to see you. 
Jason uh, says uh, he's a I'm a braver man than him to even try to guess State's place right now. Well, we'll try to guess Ole Miss. That's what makes there's less unknown about State than there is Ole Miss. I mean, Arnett's back. Most of the defense is back. I mean, they lose one quality piece in the secondary. Anyway, they lose Charles Cross, and that's a big question mark on the offensive line, but you know who the quarterback is. You know who the running backs are. You know who the receivers are. There's a lot of known about Mississippi State. I don't know anything about Ole Miss. I, I talked to somebody last week, and, and he was like, you know, how good is this team going to be? And I went like this. I, I don't know. On paper, on paper, with the exception of quarterback, and that's a key point. They might, and I don't think there's really might. They're more talented than they were a year ago. I think on paper, minus uh, the quarterback. But the thing is, Zach Evans hasn't played for Ole Miss yet. Ulysses Bentley hasn't played for Ole Miss yet. Jalen Knox hasn't played for Ole Miss yet. Troy Brown hasn't played for Ole you, you get the point. All of these transfers come from great football pre- I mean, Troy Brown has been all-conference three years in a row, just hadn't been at Ole Miss yet. So on paper, all these guys, Michael Trigg, for example, freak of an athlete, you haven't seen him do it in, in the uniform he'll be wearing this year yet. Um, there's so many questions about this Ole Miss team, but on paper, plus the schedule, which I mentioned before, a very easy one, but, but on paper – they're an extremely talented football team. Like they have done an excellent job of acquiring raw talent from the transfer portal. And, and they got a few guys through recruiting too. I've heard that on the defensive line that they've got depth like they haven't had since I've lived here. Depth, not high end, because they've had like, you know, Sam Williams was an elite level defensive lineman. They've had guys like Robert Kimdichie in the past, but depth, they they love what they have, but we just don't know yet. So prognosticate, if you think prognosticating state is hard, Ole Miss is even harder. You just don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. Talent is there, though. Brown Eddy has state fourth in the West. It's absolutely fair. I won't argue with you at all. Jason says Kentucky always scares me. They're just like state. No matter how good the starting lineup is, there's always a depth problem in close games versus the better teams. I would like to see also Will Levis take the next step. I, all week, people talked about first-round pick, and, and man, I've got to see that. I've got to see that, because I, I didn't last year at all. Williams says Kentucky can beat Florida. I agree they can. They, they can. Um, I, I'm not convinced that they will. And History doesn't matter. You'll hear me say this all season long. Historically, Kentucky struggles with Florida. They, they do. But that doesn't matter. That's still a tough place to go and win a football game, though. Boy Scout Bob says Hunt Palmer from 104.5 in Baton Rouge said that State will go 5-7 and seven or 6-6. Six and six. His reasoning while looking at an SEC preview magazine was that's just who they are. They are a 5-7, and 6-6 six and six team every year. That's just who they are. That's just who they are. That's why, that's why we in radio get paid the big bucks, guys. Paul says, heard you say the other day you really like Sam Pittman. I did, yeah, on the on the radio show. We talked about it after his appearance. Paul continues to say he's hard not to like, and he fits Arkansas. Woo, pig, suey. Appreciate you, Paul. I really, it, 
if you guys follow me or, or listen to my stuff, you know that I'm kind of cynical when it comes to coaches. Uh, I think they're multi-million dollar liars, mostly. Um, I also think that they're basically glorified gym teachers and people in my business that are looking for like profound political statements from football coaches are fools, but most people in my business are. Anyway, um, in a sea of arrogance and, forgive my language, uh, full of shit, Sam Pittman seems real, feels real. When he talks, it comes off as genuine. And I don't know what the contract looks like. I'm not a lawyer. I have heard that um, non-competes are very easy to get out of if you have the right lawyer. However, the fact that he willingly put a non-compete in his contract, and when he says, this is the only place I will coach until they fire me, I believe him. Like, How many coaches do you believe when they would say something like that? It's very... Very, very few. And even the ones that I think might actually believe what they say, I still don't really believe them. I believe Sam Pittman. Um, I, he strikes me as as just a, a good old boy who, who, who gets it. I've got a job in the SEC West. I'm making millions of dollars. Why the hell would I want to leave? Um, I really liked that. I really liked that. Boy Scout Bob says Georgia plays Mississippi State in between Tennessee and Kentucky. Yeah, it's a weird spot for for Georgia to play State. That the issue, uh, and I would say the same thing about Alabama and and for anybody on Georgia's schedule, really, is just the talent gap. I mean, even a disinterested Georgia team just just has so much talent that it just won't matter. You know, it, it just won't matter. I, I, I hate to, I hate this about college football, and. I've decided to not have a negative outlook on the season going into it like I did last year. Positive vibes only is going to be the theme for me for, for the next few months. I hate that I already know who's going to win the SEC. And I hate that going into every weekend you know who the most talented team is and how there's – I mean, maybe somebody gets super-duper lucky one day, but it, but if Georgia plays their C game every week, they're winning every week. I, I can't stand that about – everything's great about college football except for the very top. Um, I hope they lose games. I just don't. I, I don't think that they will. Jason says state could be anywhere from a three-win team to a ten or eleven-win team. It all depends on how the offensive line performs. Nobody has a clue about it. What was terrible most lo- last year outside of Cross? It was quite bad. After uh, and you saw in the bowl game, right? What things looked like without him. I know they recruited some guys and, and whatnot, but it wasn't pretty. It needs to be prettier if they're going to win games. Zach, I watched like the last four holes of the uh, the 3M today. I, I I honestly probably wasn't going to at all. We have a lot of stuff going on at the house uh, right now, but I really like Tony Fee now. And so uh, when I realized that that he was probably going to win, I checked it out to to watch him. I really like Tony Fee now. Uh, he seems like a good guy. So I I find myself rooting for him uh, a lot. So it was cool to see him win today. Yeah, the pirate. I see that. I, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think twice about that. And and what was said there. Brown Yeti says State lost that game at BYU a couple years ago, and that wasn't a good BYU team. It's a tough place to play. 
I mean, Kalani Sataki's a really good football coach. They're always good. Don't sleep. I mean, obviously we'll have to wait until the season goes on to see how good Arkansas and BYU are, but just looking at it at the end of July, people are just putting a W next to that BYU game. Hell, they're doing it at the state game as well for Arkansas, and I think you are insane on both of those. Uh, If you're just – guy two shows down from ours at Media Days was like, yeah, Arkansas is going to win all four of their non-conference games, no problem. And I thought, wait a minute. I hear you if you're saying that they're going to take care of business against Cincinnati in week one, because I think they're going to take care of business against Cincinnati in week one. I do. Cincinnati lost a lot. Quarterback, bunch of NFL guys from last year's team. But if you think they're just going to run right through BYU and Provo, I think you're wrong. Boy Scout Bob says Ole Miss better watch out for Vandy because they will, will be the best college football program in a few years. Yeah, I, I know Clark Lee's getting made fun of for that, but I respect the optimism. I do. I really liked their quarterback. He was a very thoughtful uh, and interesting kid. Uh, I was really impressed. Mike Wright is his name. I was really impressed by him uh, as a person. If football doesn't work out for him, uh, he will be just fine. Very, very smart kid. Jason says it's going to be butt cold in Provo in October, too, compared to the South. It starts freezing overnight here in the mountains by the end of September. And those people, I mean, they they are, buddy, they are sober and they are nuts at BYU. It's a beautiful setting, too. I've never been in person, but you've seen the pictures. What is it, Lavelle Edwards Stadium with the snow-capped mountains in the background? Yeah, that's that's a pretty place to play. Paul says, as an Arkansas fan, that BYU game scares the heck out of me. If we somehow win that game in Provo, we should start getting even more respect. No doubt. If Arkansas goes up there and wins and wins comfortably, you'll hear me on either late that Saturday night or or Sunday morning, like pumped up for your guys. Because that, I'm telling you. Also, side note, he says, Bobby Petrino coming into Razorback Stadium versus with Missouri State will be funny. Yeah, I, I would love to know when that game was scheduled to find out if somebody had a sense of humor there. I, I, If I were an Arkansas student, I would go buy a neck brace. I think the entire freaking student section should have neck braces on and like get eye black and like draw a little bruise around your eye, you know? <laughs> oh, man, that'll be fun. That'll be really fun. They better do that. Yeah, Jason, that that is the thing. That's if they're not improved up front, then that defense might not look as good as it actually is. Ramsey, I know I have a hard time with it too. He says I like your picks, but I'm having a hard time with Texas A&M. But at, at second place in the West, I believe both Ole Miss and State went against the Aggies. Kiffin has Jimbo's number. It's incredible the resource discrepancy between Texas A&M and Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And then you look at the records of Texas A&M and Ole Miss and Mississippi State against each other since they joined the SEC. It's shocking almost. Like that should never happen the way it happens. And yet it does. Paul's order is Alabama, A&M, Arkansas State, Ole Miss, LSU, Auburn. Nice. So you just flipped uh, the two Mississippis from mine. Pretty good. Boy Scout Bob says Bowling Green and Arizona are the only teams on state schedule that didn't make a postseason appearance. ETSU was 11-2 and and beat Vandy 
by 20 and lost to North Dakota State in the playoffs. Yeah, East Tennessee State was really, really good last year. But you'll see it. The the talent gap is just so vast in FCS to competent FCS football. It's just so staggering. Ramsey says the schedule's favorable for Ole Miss to have a 7-0 start. It absolutely is. I think they will be the betting favorite in their first seven games. And in all of their first seven games, I believe they will be the betting favorite in the game. He also believes the Egg Bowl is big for Mike Leach because if Ole Miss wins, he will be 0-3 as a head coach. Yeah, that is true. Um, But he says, I'm very scared of Will Rogers as a Rebel fan. Unbelievable talent. The accuracy is is especially good. They have got to test teams more vertically uh, than they did last year, but they need time to do that. Jason thinks LSU and Tennessee are going to surprise people this year. I'm a, a, a homer for Hendon Hooker, man. I'm going to say that a thousand times before the season starts. If Ole Miss gets past Kentucky, they could start out eight and zero and end up eight and four, nine and three. Absolutely. I mean, the first first seven are, are a cakewalk, and the last five are pretty uh, pretty brutal. Williams says Ole Miss is like the Steelers. Many questions, a lot of questions, a lot of questions. Pirate, yeah, I, I, you know, I haven't thought about it this way, honestly, but I, I, you know, maybe Missouri, but they do have Georgia, but Ole Miss might have the easiest schedule in the SEC. Who would I trade Ole Miss's schedule for? Who would I trade their schedule for? Uh, not Florida's because they have Utah and Florida State. And obviously, have to play Georgia. Go to Texas A&M. Not Georgia's because they have Oregon, and although Georgia Tech is on Ole Miss's schedule too, that non-conference is, um, yeah, maybe Georgia's. Maybe Georgia's is easy. They've got a, a pretty simple one. Um, Kentucky's isn't bad either. Although having to go to Florida, I suppose. I, I think Kentucky's might be pretty close to being. Uh, sorry, I got to let the cat out of here. Um, So maybe Kentucky's. It's down there for sure. It's absolutely down there at the bottom of, of tough schedules in uh, in the SEC. Ramsey says, I believe uh, the Rebels don't have to be great at quarterback this season. The running game will be heavily underestimated and watch the play action quick, easy passes. Kippen has to build tr- trust in the quarterbacks. Both guys bring a lot to the table, and it's going to be fun to see how it plays out. That's the – yeah, that's – I had somebody ask me, you know, who's going to replace Matt Corral? Well, nobody. You can't. You can't. That's not even a thing that's going to happen. You cannot replace Matt Corral. They're going to be a team that will run the football, probably use the tight end a lot. That'll be where their strengths are, running the football, tight end. Uh, They can really ease into the new quarterback as well. They really can. Um, Ole Miss got two transfers in baseball. Let me tell you who they are. Uh, that's Craig asking, by the way. Let's see. I will tell you because I tweeted about them earlier, actually. I don't cover recruiting. I just saw them both happen uh, while I was sitting there on my phone, so I figured I'd I'd do that. Uh, They got a commitment from Tulane outfielder Ethan Groff. He is an absolute stud. He hit 404 last year, got injured late in the season, but um, had 39 starts at 404 
with only 26 Ks and 150-plus at-bats last year. He's an absolute stud, a true outfielder. And they also got a commitment from Northwestern first baseman Anthony uh, Calarco. And he hit 325 with 13 home runs at first base last year. So a really good day for uh, for Mike Bianco in the portal. And I only know that because, again, I saw them on Twitter as I was on Twitter myself. I usually don't follow recruiting, especially baseball. So you kind of got lucky there asking me about that. Yes, I did see the news about uh, Mechie. That was horrible. That uh, was horrible. But it, he said in a statement that it, it was the most curable kind. So uh, bless that bless that guy because uh, that. That's awful. Um, Pirate says, why does LSU get a pass on their terrible uh, performance in the bowl game, but nobody gives Mississippi State a pass when they had 15 players out on COVID and Mike Leach admitted he should have canceled the game? Uh, LSU's not getting a pass from me, but Pirate, I think you know the answer. You know the answer? Because of what's on the helmet. That's why. After Mike Leach is done at State, what direction do I see them going as far as a coach with air raid players in the program? It depends on how it ends. If it ends well and he retires, then they'll probably try to find a disciple of his or or somebody that also does air raid stuff, right? If they feel like the system works, then they'll continue on it. But if it ends poorly, then you might see a dramatic shift in in who and how they hire, maybe even a defensive-minded guy since they've gone – you know, Mullen, Moorhead, Leach are all offensive guys. Maybe uh, Cohen decides if he's the one making the hire. I mean, hiring a third football coach is probably not something that I would want to happen, truthfully. So it depends on how it ends. It uh, depends on how it ends. Memphis Rebels says, any essence of success for Arkansas and some of their fans think they'll immediately go 9-3 and three or 10-2. and two. Yeah, I don't think the schedule sets up for that. They'll be salty, though. Uh, they will. Um, Ramsey says, just believe Kiffin wins it in Oxford. If it were in Starkville, I would think State has the advantage for sure. Rodgers is great with a talented arm, but loves to force it. Don't underestimate the Rebels now. Garrett says, as much as it pains me, Kelly at LSU seems like it's going to make them scary. Anyone competent wins a natty in Baton Rouge. That is fair. All you need is competence. You don't need fit. It doesn't matter because players are just going to go there. They just are for one reason or another. Players are just going to go there. That's just the truth. I do agree with Kirby Smart about playing the Florida Georgia game on their campus instead of Jacksonville. I've been to the game in Jacksonville. It's cool, but I would, if I were a Georgia fan, I would rather have that game in Athens once every two years. Personally, I don't like the neutral sites. I mean, what makes college football so magical is the on-campus experience, right? You pound beers in front of the law school, you know, uh, it's it's a totally different vibe. And I'm a huge NFL fan. Like, I love the Saints. I watch the NFL every Sunday. I think it's a better product. But what makes college football great is the aura around the games. And that is a lot thanks to it being on campuses. So, yeah, I, if I were a Georgia fan, that's what I would want versus an NFL stadium tailgating in the parking lot. <laughs> How dangerous would Kiffin be at Texas 8-4, and four, Alabama and Georgia? Um, 
God, uh, those athletes with with his offense and, and also the going forward on fourth down and the don't give a you-know-what attitude, I couldn't imagine. Just hope that day never comes. And Kiffin said he wanted to – yeah, see, that's something that – that he said at media days and you're right, that stood out to me a lot that when Kiffin said he wanted the quarterback competition settled as early as possible. Um, you're asking if he will name the starter before the season. I don't think he'll name it publicly because they're weird like that. So no, it, unless it's just absolutely obvious, I don't think he will name the starter until game week, but yeah, I found that fascinating. He straight up said he wanted the quarterback battle to be settled there's gonna be none of this play half the snaps in the non-conference games thing unless they haven't decided yet yeah lsu schedule is pretty soft uh, although florida state much better than georgia tech i think um got some pretty nice home games with state and old miss going to baton rouge that's a pretty good one what about vanderbilt switching schedules that's probably the one. Although, no, but you have Alabama and Georgia, and you have to go to both. You have to go to both. So, no, I would still take uh, Ole Miss's schedule over Vanderbilt's, I think. I think. That's pretty good submission, though. Yeah, State did get some good transfers as well. I mean, the people that were worried about Chris Limonis and like there were people freaking out because it hadn't happened like immediately after the season ended. And I don't know how many State fans actually are freaking out about Chris Limonis, but they don't need to be. I mean, you you think baseball national uh, the the way it has gone for him has happened by accident? I don't, I don't know. And just whatever. And then he's gotten good players out of the portal, and they'll be extremely good this season because that's what they're going to continue to be under Chris Limonis. That's what's going to happen. Should we put anything to Jimbo hearing that his three primary opponents would be Texas, LSU, and State? Yes, I think you should. I think that he would be privy to those conversations and, and have some insight on, onto that. Yeah, I think that it, that doesn't mean it's final uh, or anything like that, but. Yeah, I think you absolutely should read into that at least something. That that means that they have had that conversation and that's how it was laid out, for sure. I would absolutely read into that. Uh, I would. So, yeah, and Arkansas's mascot should wear the uh, the neck brace when Missouri State comes to town, absolutely. Ab- uh, absolutely. Um, how bad does Alabama beat Texas in week two? Um, 28 points. I'll give him 28. It would be 42. <laughs> if it was in Tuscaloosa, I think it's going to be an absolute ass-kicking. Uh, yeah. Jason, I like that idea. A modern air raid coach with more run concepts like uh, Lincoln Riley or Cliff Kingsbury. I like that. I think Cliff Kingsbury at a place that can get better players by default would have been a better college coach, truthfully. Uh, Memphis does go to Mississippi State this year. Uh, yes, and I agree. I think Mississippi State will win that game comfortably. Graham Harrell would be an interesting choice also, for sure. 
So a fan had it in their head that players couldn't transfer after the portal deadline earlier. Oh, yeah. That is, it is a little confusing, I guess, but, but I hear you. Um, that's kind of how Twitter operates, though. I have, I have actually met somebody that used to say pretty mean things to me on Twitter quite often. It was a state fan. Not most state fans are incredibly nice to me on Twitter, but it was a it was a state fan that used to tweet nasty things to me all the time. And he came to one of our remotes, and um, we met. And after meeting him, I have realized that the people that say mean things to me on Twitter are not people that I should worry about. Let's just put it that way. And that applies to every troll. It's that's not just a state fan thing. That don't think I'm singling state fans out. I'm not. Um, but this individual in particular happened to be a state fan that would say very nasty things to me on Twitter. And then after I met him, I realized don't need to worry about that guy anymore. Anyway, anyway, Bills versus Rams first game of the year. Taking the over, you have to first game of the year. Coach Prime to Stark Vegas after Leach. That I think he'll be gone before Leach is gone. I think if if um, was he a coward in person, he was very excited to meet me. He said, and he told me that he was the, this particular person on Twitter, and that um, coward is a good way to put it. Yeah, but it, it's more of other factors. If you catch my drift, um, not a particularly. Uh, anyway, he just. He, he he looked like that meme from South Park. You know the you ever seen that South Park episode of them playing World of Warcraft? And there's the guy that's like the god in the game, and then they cut to the living room, and he's he's got a carpal tunnel wristband and and all that stuff. That that that's how that went down. It's exactly how that went down. Um, yeah, I think Deion Sanders will be gone if they win like another nine ten games this year again. Uh, I think he'll be at a power five job before Mike Leach leaves. For sure. Anyway. All right, guys, I got to go. I promised my wife we would finish a movie that we started last night, so I have... Yes, Jason, he was an idiot. He was a very, very unintelligent person. Um, yes, he, he was. <laughs> he was. Um, I think I've told you guys the story about this before. I'll, I'll end on this one. Um, there was a guy that I met at the park with my son months ago, and... He said he listened, like he was staring at me at the park, like the whole time and finally came up to me and said, Hey, you know, listen to the show, love the show. Um, and I thanked him and, and walked off that next Monday. He texts the show and says, Hey, Borky, that was me. You met so good to meet you. Love the show. What he didn't realize is we can see all the previous messages you've sent to us. And he said some bad words at me, like three messages before that. So you just, you know, you, you just can't care about what people say like that because then you meet them and they're either they're either nice people or extremely weird and you you realize not to worry about it. Anyway, I got to go. She's probably I ran long, so she's probably waiting on me. But uh, thank you guys. Subscribe, like the video. Uh, I would appreciate either one uh, or both. But thank you guys. I'll be back Wednesday night. Wednesday night, eight o'clock or seven forty-five. Call it seven forty-five. Wednesday night. Back on a regular schedule. I'll uh, I'll see y'all then. 
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.